If you were with us in worship a couple of weeks ago, we had one of our um, uh, prayer and praise services. We've been doing these prayer and praise services almost from the very beginning of Prairie Bible. And if you were with us that day, you'll remember that I explained to you the reason why we do them. You see, these prayer and praise services, though I enjoy them, um, are no more holy or special than the service that we're going to be celebrating today, for example. We do them for a very specific purpose, and that is to remind us that we have been called to be a church of prayer and not just a church that prays. And if you need to be reminded once again what that means, ask me after church and I don't have time at this time to go into that again, but we do it as a reminder. We do them as a reminder. We built them into the rhythm of our lives as a reminder that we are called to be a church of prayer and not just a church that prays. I thought about that this week and I thought, you know what? If I ever hear anybody say, a a pet peeve that every pastor has is this. You ever heard this? Well, we've never never done it that way before or we've always done it this way before. Have you ever heard that? I've been hearing it for 40 years and I'm sick to death of it. So if we ever get to the point where where someone says, well, that's just the way we've always done things, we're going to stop doing things like that. Because the moment you stop remembering the reason why is the moment, at least spiritually, I believe we drive into a ditch and instead of getting us closer to God, it gets us further away from God. So traditions are good things as long as we remember what the tradition, the purpose of the tradition. Now, as I was uh, celebrating our traditions of Thanksgiving, I was thinking all that stuff through this week. Uh, Probably like a lot of you, um, our tradition is to have lots of food, lots of family, and lots of football. Amen? <laughs> and I love every single second of it. I wouldn't change any of it. I love our traditions, our Thanksgiving traditions. But here's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid that many of us, maybe myself included sometimes, many of us have forgotten why that tradition was established. That tradition was not established so that you could spend time eating a lot of food, enjoying your family, or football. That tradition was established as a reminder that we, if we choose to live a life of thankfulness, it changes everything. If we choose to live our lives with an attitude of gratitude, it will change everything. In other words, being thankful isn't just something that you do on the fourth Thursday of November every year. Being thankful should be something that we do every day, right? Now, that is not, that does not come natural to most of us. Some of us it does. I've seen people that are just naturally thankful people, and I want to be like them, but I'm not. Therefore, I have to work at it. How about you? And working at it means to remember and then to choose. You have a choice to live your life with an attitude of gratitude. And it's not just because God deserves our thanks, though that's the truth. When we choose to live like that, when we choose to live our lives being thankful, everything. It changes everything. And this morning I'm going to prove it to you. 
God's going to prove it to you through His Word. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to open them up to uh, 1 Thessalonians, the New Testament book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and I think that's found on page 1174 of the church Bibles, if that's what you're using, because it's here that one of the places in the Bible that God affirms the choice that you have to make to live with an attitude of gratitude. As you're looking that up, uh, let me give you some context, because I think the context will help you, uh, as it always does. 1 Thessalonians is a letter that was written by the Apostle Paul, which much of the New Testament is letters written by the Apostle Paul. This particular letter was written to a group of Christians that lived in the country of Greece in the city of Thessalonica. And Paul, the overarching reason for Paul to write this letter was that the people of the church of Thessalonica were one of the things that he had to be most thankful for. He was proud of them, and he wanted to encourage them. For a couple of reasons he wanted to encourage them, but one of the most practical reasons he wanted to encourage them was that they had been going through stuff. Um, Unlike all of you, of course, their lives weren't perfect. There were times in their lives that that were causing them suffering, Struggles, burdens. They were dealing with um, false teachers, for example, and trying to figure out what to do with all this, this stuff and what is the truth and what is not the truth. And that's not always easy. It's not, hard to, it's not easy for us today, is it? Because we have false teachers around us all the time. And it's our responsibility to discern what is false and what is truth. They were struggling with it back then, too. They were, they were being persecuted for their faith. And might I add that um, Billy mentioned last week, and he's right, we are blessed to live in a country where most of us don't know what it feels like to be persecuted for our faith. But I will suggest to you that the days are coming when you too will be persecuted for your faith if you haven't been already. How are you going to deal with it when it happens? Another thing that they were, that they, they were suffering because Uh, for a whole bunch of reasons, but specifically, one of the things that was causing suffering in their life was that um, there were people in their fellowship, friends and family, who had died. That alone would cause suffering, does cause suffering. Everybody knows that. But there was another level of suffering and confusion and doubt that was being caused by these deaths. So, Paul, Billy talked about, last week we talked about, we had a whole sermon on end times prophecy. Remember that? And one of the things that Billy alluded to last week was what Paul was addressing in the lives of the Christians of Thessalonica. They had, as they were grieving for the loss of their loved ones, you see, these end times prophecies, the, the early church believed that they were literally living in the end times. Everybody did. That any day now, today maybe, or tomorrow, but within their lifetime, Jesus was going to return. And they had never even um, entertained the possibility that some of them might die before the return of Jesus, which when that ended up happening, they were filled with angst. What happens to those who believed and died before the return of Christ? Well, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 
Paul addresses that. And it's in 4.17. He says, And Christ shall return with a loud voice and the trumpet call of God. And he says, Then the dead in Christ shall rise. And then after that, those of us that remain shall ascend and meet with him in the air. Now, that's what has become known as the rapture. He talked about that a little bit last week. But what my sense, and he doesn't really say this in the letter, but my sense is this. As he's addressing this this very specific question that these Christians were having about the circumstances of their lives, about the second coming of Christ, he had, he had an epiphany from the, from the Holy Spirit that said, that said, Paul, you need to take them to a whole other level. You need to teach them a lesson that no matter what the circumstance of their life, good or bad, you need to teach them a lesson that will feed them and feed their souls every day until that day that Jesus returns. Which leads us to our scripture for today. First Thessalonians chapter 5, starting at verse 16. Um, Paul, in his letter, inspired by the Holy Spirit, remember that, says this. He says, be joyful always or rejoice always. Pray without ceasing and give thanks no matter what your circumstance, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Now folks, listen to me now. There's more meat in those few verses than most of us can digest this close after Thanksgiving. But we're going to give it a shot, all right? Because the stuff here will nourish your souls in the days ahead that feel like you're in the midst of famine in ways that you never imagined, if you choose to feed on these words, on the message of these words. So, let's, let's, let's dig deep. And let me, let me show you the meat that is on these moments. Let's start with this. Let's start at the end of the passage. He starts out by saying, give thanks, no matter what the circumstance, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Now, some of you are sitting here reading that, maybe for the first time, I don't know, and you're thinking, wait a minute. Are you telling me that we should give thanks in every circumstance? Because this is the will of God for me? Every circumstance? Is that what God's saying? Yes. That's the truth. Every circumstance. Give thanks in every every circumstance for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus now stop for a second listen to me because some of you are scowling at me listen to me that does not mean that it is God's desire that you get cancer that God caused cancer that does not mean that God caused the fight that you had with your wife on the way to church I did not have a fight with my wife on the way to church did we? no I didn't think so It does not mean that God wants your kids to be addicted to drugs. Whatever the bad stuff in your life is, and you've all got it, God did not cause that, and that's not what that scripture is saying. Those things happen because we are sinners in a sinful world. We are in the process of being saved. 
of being sanctified. And in the midst of that, we're going to take two steps forward and one step back. Now, our lives ought to be different as we're on that, in that process. That's absolutely. The sins that I'm committing today are completely different than the sins I was making 40 years ago. But I'm still doing it. What he's saying to us here is that every one of the things of your life, whether you perceive them as good or bad, every one of them in the hands of God has a purpose. Every one of them. He didn't cause it necessarily, but every one of them has a purpose in the hands of God. And I want you to notice something about that passage. As it says, give thanks in every circumstance, he doesn't say give thanks for every circumstance, but to give thanks in every circumstance because every circumstance has purpose in the hands of God. What is that purpose? I don't know. But that's why he says pray without ceasing. For what is prayer? We just talked about this a couple weeks ago. What is prayer? Prayer is relationship with God. And the more you spend time in relationship with God, the more you will understand the purpose of every circumstance of your life. And even in those moments that you don't understand, because you're going to have just as many times that you don't on this journey, you can still be joyful. Because you know and you believe that what God promised is the truth. And the truth is, you have a choice. You have a choice whether you will be joyful always. You have a choice about whether you will pray without ceasing. And you have a choice as to whether you will be thankful in every circumstance. But let me tell you something. When you choose to exercise that choice, it will change everything. The bad stuff, all the bad stuff anyway, ain't going away. But how you, how you respond and the kind of life that you live in the midst of it will literally be transformed. It doesn't mean you won't still suffer. It doesn't mean you still won't experience pain. It doesn't mean that, that you need to be thankful for everything. It means choose to be thankful in everything. Because Jesus wins, and you do too, if you receive the gift that He has to give. This morning we're going to be receiving communion together. And my question is, have you been making that choice? Have you been choosing to be joyful always? To pray without ceasing and to give thanks in every circumstance? My guess is you've been not choosing that as often as you should and as, as often as you could. And you needed a reminder. Well, you just got it.